to me than watching the live Sade DVD of the grown black men crying their eyes out when Sade played like Smooth Operator or uh, like it's one of the best live DVD music DVDs you could ever find. Nice. But seeing some very large black men that you would never think would cry openly hearing Smooth Operator losing their mind and crying it was better than that. All hail New Era. Boonder. Hail. Good to see you, man. Like, uh, how you been this week? Man, things are good, man. Freaking, uh, kind of relaxed. You know, did the family thing over the weekend for Easter. Yeah, had to had to work a little bit. But, uh, we made the most of it Monday, cleared that off. Went to Manitou Springs, played some arcade games. You know, found some uh, copacetic comic books. That's wonderful, man. I saw uh, Morales Jr. was throwing it down on the Rampage. OG Rampage. Oh, yeah. Freaking fun times. Freaking my, uh, my wife ended up ditching uh, one of the Ninja Turtle and Turtles in time. Decided to jump in there, play a couple levels real quick. Just said I did it. One of the best games so. ever. Oh, yeah. I love that game. Freaking, but yeah, man. No, it's, been, uh, it's been good, man. Just freaking keep on keeping on. Freaking... You know, trying to make every day a little bit better than the last. I still have a stack of Manitou Springs uh, tickets that I have saved because they had, it, I'm positive it's been like three years since I've been there because uh, of the pandemic, but I'm positive they're probably still there. There was a four, uh, four pint glass NASCAR set. Nice. You need like 10,000 skee-ball tickets to get, get them, and I'm like, Five thousand away. <laughs> I want those glasses. <laughs> Everybody's got a goal. Everybody's got a goal. Gotta get that fine china, baby. Oh. Yeah. But uh, uh, let's just hit the ground running. Uh, you said something that got me on the jazz a couple days ago about who your favorite Flash was, and I was thinking like I don't really have a favorite Flash. I mean, I've read Flash for quite a long time, but you have you're you're a scholar on Flash. And I was trying to think of like who my favorite iteration of someone was, but I think it would be a great thing to get us uh, get our minefielders on the way. Hopefully, uh, you're listening to this on your way to your local right now to get your books, Muse Comics, Ed's, a um, couple secret places we won't tell you in Denver. But I hope you're on your way to your places too. Um, and thinking to yourself like, who's your favorite iteration of someone? And you've got a favorite Flash. Yeah, no, man, I've been, I've been reading it ever since, it was another book I picked up with the New 52, I'm not gonna lie, I picked it up because of the uh, the Flash TV show on CW, 
really enjoyed that for the uh, probably first five, six seasons before I fell off. You know, freaking uh, is what it is. Freaking, um, but yeah, man, like I was really into Barry Allen, and Barry was cool, and he was, you know, Flash from Flashpoint, and I didn't read Flash a lot when I was growing up, when uh, when Wally was really... You know, going strong after Flash had died on Crisis on Infinite Earths. But, uh, you know, ever since he took over recently, I've really got to say, yeah, Wally West has really grown on me as, like, the Flash. You know, a lot of people had some uh, interesting things to say about him once uh, after Flashpoint when New 52 came up and he was he had vanished, basically. And then when he came back during Rebirth, and, like, everybody had forgotten who he was. And then um, the whole thing with Heroes in Crisis, where he ended up being the murderer, even though it was turned out it was an accident. You know, people, like, Wally's definitely got his supporters. And, like, a lot of people kind of felt like, you know, Wally West as a character has been done dirty the last 10 or so years by DC. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is a way to make it up to him or not, but this... uh this current Wally West, like I'm, I'm, I'm digging him. He's my, he's my new fave, uh, fave Flash, man. Freaking, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a family man. He's got his wife and his kids back. You know, his kids have powers, which is cool. His, uh, we recently found out his wife developed powers, and we're not really sure how that happened as of yet. But that's kind of fun because Wally apparently doesn't know as of yet. That would be an amazing Saturday morning cartoon. Family Flash. Yeah, done, you definitely do that. Done in a even a campy style, the way that what was it, the Super Friends, where we got Firefly, we've got um, uh, Iceman and Spider Man, just randomly. Oh, Firestone, Spider Man. Yeah, like, Spider Man and his amazing friends. Yeah, like in their in their like apartment HQ, where you pull the lever and all the cool stuff comes out. Even if they did it in a campy <laughs> style like that, I would I would be all I would get up early to watch that cartoon. Oh yeah, no, it, no, I still watch that with my kid every now and again. It's awesome. Nice. But yeah, no, between that and then, uh, you know, his like uh, as we see in Nightwing, which we'll talk about later. You know, his relationship with uh, his best friend Dick Grayson, just kind of like how how they, you know, how they interact is awesome. Like you see, like it, it, you know, you get these genuine relationships. And I think that's. You know, at the core of most Flash books, that's really what it boils down to is relationships, you know. Yeah. Barry, you know, Barry's whole story starts out because his mom was murdered and, you know, <laughs> the police think his dad did it. Yeah. And he freaking, you know, he doesn't believe his dad did it. So he's going out of his way to prove his dad's innocence and that whole relationship, you know, and then, you know, relationships with you know, his villains and whatnot, like Godspeed was his boss. Yeah. At one point, um, you know, and just all those relate. Like that's at the core basis of Flash books. It's all about relationships. You know, and you know, Wally continues that and excels. You know, excels to the next level with it. Really, he definitely can juggle the the family life, the work life. I, I mean, like, and and back to what you're saying about relationships. His relationship with Mister Terrific landed him that stellar job mm-hmm. uh, like we're exactly where he needs to be in a laboratory <laughs> at his disposal um and and forgive me because i, I get confused with them as well which was it barry that was the csi detective or is that wally 
That's Barry. That's Barry. Yeah, Wally, Wally's more of a mechanic. Well, what are some other bullet points? Why, why you like Wally so much, man? Like, you're on no, that's that's really a lot of it, man. It's just his, his relationships, and you know, he's got a like I say, he's got a good family life. He's a good dad, freaking good husband. You know, he's kind of, he's you know he's still kind of a screw up. You know, traditionally, even though they're speedsters, flashes are normally late, and Wally can definitely continue that very well. You know, we see that. We see uh, what they're doing with Wallace in this month's issue of Flash. Yes, sir. You know, the fact that he's got a, he's the only one that calls him uh, Ace. Ace. You know, I, did, I didn't, it took me longer than it should have to catch on why he calls him Ace. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was, yeah, man, I'm just really, I just really enjoy him as a character. No, and I appreciate your focusing on, on the relationship thing because the humanizing things and, and bringing things into the forefront of what, like, is... Uh, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. It doesn't really matter what type of human being you are, whether you're a sociopath, whether you're uh, a nerd really into, like, gaming or whatever. It doesn't matter what type of human being you are. There's a couple things that all human beings want. Good relationships and to be liked. No, that, that's, I could definitely it, see that. It's, it's certainly, and it's it's actually, and I love the, you brought it up even even more because it's something we focused on uh, time and time again, since you joined Minefields, is is friendships and building relationships. You and I have had some hard conversations. Yeah, and it not once has it ever been heated. And in 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 hindsight, um, those conversations, without having that solid foundation that we've built everything on, whether it's Colin or you and I, or we're talking about things in the business, uh, comics or wrestling. Uh, I don't know a lot of people that are emotionally uh, mature enough to have those conversations without getting heated or without feeling that the other person is uh, stabbing at them. Yeah. Especially when you got to have a hard conversation. <laughs> Especially when you got to have a hard conversation because you got to tell you got to tell your, your bro. I mean, you want to go ahead and transition into uh, Nightwing or Flash? Oh. Let's start off with Nightwing for this one, because I mean, I feel like the way the conversation's going, I feel like Nightwing might be the most appropriate. Right. I mean, like uh, action-packed. I mean, glorious art. Um, mm-hmm. uh, right off, we start. Um, uh, we, uh, let me let me take point on this one, um, okay. if, you if you don't mind. We start off with the epic butt whipping uh, in Abuelita friendly uh, of of KG Beast. Yeah, the guy that shot Dick in the head. Yes, yes. Now, here's the problem. KG Beast shot his best friend in the head and stole years from him. And it wasn't even what was chafing him was that he hurt Dick, but what KG Beast stole from him and what KG Beast stole from Dick himself from years of not being himself uh not being with his family uh, uh like I, I i couldn't imagine uh what my life would be like if like i forgot you and colin like it would yeah. it would be miserable and kgb had a problem a guy that can punch him a mi- million times in the face and really exert like just turn him into full on punching bag i mean he he could have annihilated him but like he, he showed the strength cuz we're still 
I don't even think it's even the restraints of working within uh, the family-friendly pages of DC Comics, where he's not going to punch him to death and beat his guts out. Literally, we're gonna we're gonna see a Joe Hill curated story where there's guts everywhere. No, like he really made he made KGB hurt. Like, are you gonna torture me? You gonna take you gonna take my mask off so you, you can torture me even better? Uh, no, actually, just you know, hold still. I just want to open your phone. <laughs> They're like, well, there's a bomb somewhere. He's like, yeah, cool. Uh, the library. You found it. How did you know? Uh, we, we searched your GPS, man. You've got a bunch of books in there. And not only that, the last place punched in was the public library. And, hey, uh, Wally, you got it. Back. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's decommissioned. It's cool. All right, cool. And, and then... Uh, Back to the the hard conversation. What are you doing? Like, like, uh, just to paraphrase it, what are you doing? What are you talking about? What am I doing? Uh, bite the bullet. You and Babs need to be together. You have a dog together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just made sense, man. Like, come on, dude. Freaking. You know, you guys, are, you guys are obviously into each other. You guys have had this long-term thing. You know, it worked, it didn't work. And then here you are, freaking, you guys have a dog. You know, just everybody else sees it. Why don't you see it? Not to mention the fact, if we if we try to parallel this with, like, let's say Spider-Man. Mary Jane's mm-hmm. always worried about him. Mary Jane always feels in some way, like, I support you. I want you to go out there and save lives. But she always feels neglected. There was a couple of issues where she was attending a... I dated a superhero uh, support group uh, hosted by Jarvis, where they all wore like, uh, like, uh, what's the, what's that? Uh, uh, Scanner Darkly type technology mask, so no one knew who they were, and uh, the the real like, that's not gonna happen with Babs. Like, in Flash points it out. Like, you're both superheroes. You're both worried about each other. You both team up when you need to. You both separate when you need to. You're not you're not breathing down each other's necks. You understand each other's predicament. Yeah. It could not be a better situation, you dummy. <laughs> Go for it. And and like and, and Wally's like, well, how do you do it? And he's like, you know, it, it's it's exhausting. Like I check on you like every other hour. <laughs> like you you just don't know it. I, I check on the uh, on the kids and, and the family like a hundred times a day, um, and he's still maintaining his job with Mister Terrific. He's still off planet. Um, that's a lot of work to do. And um, yeah, I, I, I that's the thing. He's got he's got a he's got a legit job. He's got the you know, granted the job is uh, superhero friendly. Let's call it with Mister Terrific. Correct. Yeah, but he's got his he's got his family. He's got his friends. He's you know like, and it, it's interesting to like think about like, it, it like it makes sense that he would check on people, but like he's never I've never heard him talk about it. No, and like it's like well obviously why why wouldn't you if you you know you cared about people and you had the ability to to do it and be right back where you were a second later. I mean it just you know it just kind of makes sense, but like it's something you never thought about. No, no, not not at all. And uh, I was going to ask you about that, actually. I'm glad you brought that up, because that's such a foreign concept of... Well, I've never heard of Superman checking in on his family every other second. He's just as fast as the Flash. 
Uh, well, within reason. I mean, that's debatable. <laughs> that's debatable. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, I mean, it depends on which flash. Yeah. But yeah, no, he check. They check on you know, having them check on everybody. That's it, it's brilliant. You know, and freaking like it just it just makes sense. Like especially if you if you can't like why wouldn't you in this in this line of business? But yeah, now we see uh we see them go on a mission together to hunt down this supreme assassin who uh who basically mandates other assassins. Oh, this was glorious. Mm-hmm. Take take part yeah. in this part. Yeah, now they end up going to I believe South America to find her. And they find her and they get it, they find all the um, all all the contacts, and they're like, "Oh, let's shut this down." Barry, you know, uh, Wally's like, "Let's shut this down," and um, Dick's like, "No, nah, let's let's use this." And he sends all the assassins out all over the world, and then sends you know all his all the Titans and uh, Superboy or Superman. And uh, he sends everybody after him, and they just, they get the majority of these assassins. And, you know, they're all, you know, take them, you know, presumably take them to court, take them to jail. Like, like, oh. whole network, they, they only spoken of in whispers. Uh, yeah. Like, like, the, the, like, like, they're even more covert than the code of the, the court of owls now. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and they're taken down just like that with, with the superhero and, uh, just, uh, just good old hero where for all like, yeah. no, no, like, well, let's, let's shut all down. Nah, dog. No, I got a better idea. Let's, um, let's send all these jerks on a mission and we got all our homies set up ready to bust. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about getting a little help from your friends. And this was like this is so much happening in one issue, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's not even it like and and put in comparison comparison uh, this is not a dense issue like when you're reading like where this maybe took us like what I, I usually I tie myself every now and a Nightwing issue will take maybe take me 15 minutes because I like to analyze mm-hmm. all the art I like to I slave over every word uh, but like if you're trying to read. Watchmen number one, it's going to take you 20 minutes just going through the dialogue alone. Yeah. Not even really paying too much attention to the artwork. And, mm-hmm. and, and also in conjunction with my love of uh, mid-70s, uh, 80s FF, where they're one and done comics. Like, like, this story did not start with uh, what, like, old-school way that you used to do, like, where, where you open the book and, like, previously on Flash, like, you know, to get, yeah. get you caught up. Or there, there was no, like, uh, flare thrown up saying, like, Hey, uh, if you really want to read Flash, start with this one. It just came out. Um, it, it doesn't. I'm sorry, Nightwing. Um, you don't have to know everything that's going on. They get you caught up within the story so quick. Yes. So, so absolutely quick that you can you could be you never read Flash before and read this one. I'm sorry, Nightwing, because we're talking about all, all of it together, and 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 still feel part of the part of the team. Not feel left behind, understand what they're trying to push, and be excited for the next issue because what we got, um, we go straight back to Bloodhaven, and we got Homegirl showing up. Uh, yeah, we got Lady Shiva. Yes. Master Assassin for you know, showing up, talking with Blockbuster. You know, and they're trying to be like, oh, hey, I'm gonna need you to assassinate Dick Grayson, 
And she's like, no, just nobody, nobody is, you know, this is what's going on. And she, uh, she turns and walks away from him. She's like, you want him dead? You kill him yourself. Yeah, the, the greatest league of assassins that hardly anyone knows about uh, just got like 99% of themselves get wiped out and arrested. And uh, yeah, you, you, the, the, this, is, this is too hot. Yeah, that's the whole thing. You wanted to screw with this guy, he screwed with you back, and he screwed with you harder. Exactly, and uh, the the look on it just it just still haunts me that uh, Blockbuster is just such a ripoff of Romulus from X Men Origins, <laughs> but, uh, I, but I still dig well, it. I don't mind it. You'll notice the one thing too when she talks about uh, she's like oh 20, over twenty top assassins are in custody, and one was found dead with his heart removed. Oh, I didn't so in the back and the that. Yeah, so in the back of and somewhere in Bloodhaven, we've still got Heartless running around, and we still don't know why he's after everybody's heart. But he's still, you know, he and you know, Heartless is still after Dick Grayson as well. But what like like to to transition to to Flash? I mean, like talking about the tweener issues. These like the how long theoretically could we have put up with a, a whole year of Dick being like. All, like in the in the crosshairs of some jerk assassin, because Blockbuster is just trying to do something. I mean, like they they probably could have pulled it off, considering all the great side stories. Like when Bitewing got kidnapped, it was one of the best comics I ever read. Like, like, yeah. like, like it, it was it was. Uh, and, and when Bitewing got kidnapped, it was the biggest sense of self control to not flip to the back just to make sure Bitewing was okay. To enjoy mm-hmm. the rest of the story, <laughs> because, yeah. I, because I knew it was going to be good enough to not cheat myself out of that experience. But um, they wrapped up the assassination of Dick Grayson pretty well within like what, like three issues? Nah, I don't. I don't think it's over yet. I mean, we still we're still building towards you know what I assume would be issue one hundred blockbuster versus nightwing or freaking maybe heartless versus nightwing i mean a constant storyline of dick looking over his shoulder like we've gotten past like the the main point that like you can't just hire someone to kill dick grayson and it be the focal point of the story for like a year or even six months like they they got through that pretty quick because that was inevitable like you have you'd have to they just blew up his apartment i mean babs is probably super po'd um, I believe his apartment. They kidnapped his dog. Yeah, I mean they're pretty much turning him into like a, a a John Wick story without anyone really dying important. So, but still, yeah. all the meat and potatoes are there, and now we can move on to a more heinous story where we've got Heartless going, we've got Blockbuster who's gonna have to get his finger his hands dirty. Yeah, yeah, he thinks he you know, up until Nightwing, this was you know. Bloodhaven was his town, and you know, freaking, they had to get a new mayor. Freaking, you know, he, you know, the mayor may or may not still be in in Blockbuster's pocket, who is also mayor. You know, may or may not actually be Nightwing's sister. Correct. And then we, yeah. th- they get the text message. I mean, like, still, she's still in Nightwing's pocket, still working for Blockbuster. Obviously, playing double duties. We don't know if we're going to get like a triple swerve here. Hopefully not. I hope the story, because I always think triple swerves are bad writing. Um, I don't have any sort of doubt that they're going to give us bad writing, but uh, tweener tweener style 
before we get to something really major. Obviously, just like you pointed out, we're getting to issue 100. We're something, you know, the, the milestones. The milestones are the milestones. There's no ignoring it. Yeah. So there's you got your build. You're building towards something. We have issue 25, 50, 75, 100. Those are the pay per views. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's 75 is when we got Dick Grayson back as Nightwing, and we, I think it was like, I think it was at, right after 50 is when he became Rick Grayson after the got shot by KG Beast. We got about two years of that before you know 75 hit, and we were finally back to you know good old Nightwing, which is what we what we wanted, what we needed. And and before we transition over to Flash. Um, I never read an issue of Nightwing in my life until you were like, dude, quit screwing around and you got to read Nightwing. Uh, okay, you're not going to send me, you're not going to send me uh, McDonald's when I ask for a steak. Yeah. Yeah, it's paid off. It's one of the best books. I, it's one of my favorite things in the world. So thank you. Listen to your homies. That's the moral of the story there. It's not like, unless they, unless they, are running the comic store <laughs> themselves, um, but uh, yeah, take point on take point on Flashman because uh, uh, tweener. This is a tweener issue. All right, we got a Flash seven eighty one. Bring your kid Flash to work day. Love it. So we're hanging we're hanging out with uh, Wallace West and his classmates with their uh, substitute teacher, Mister Arsenal. And then we see somebody, uh, we see a, uh, they're taking a math test, and we see somebody speed by and leave him a note, leave Kid Flash a note, and it says, Ace, look left. And he does, and we see, uh, we see the Flash outside with a boombox, not with a boombox. <laughs> Pretty but much. But it says, uh, he's let's go. And then he's like, no, nah, I'm going to do, do my test. And uh, he's like, um, gets another note saying it's an emergency. Come now. And he's like, oh. So he finishes up his math test super quick. Heads out while Mr. Arsenal's taking a nap. And they meet up. And he's like, you know, I need, I need help. Let's go. So he follows him. And they end up in Argentina. Hold on, hold on. Before we get that far, uh, there's a there's a lot of poking in this. In this issue, hey, there's a lot of light and sticks of dynamite here. Uh, Wally knows exactly what he's doing to provoke Wallace here. Stop calling me Ace. He's like, it's top secret stuff, real crazy. I just hope you can keep up. And Wallace looks down, like, damn it, what? <laughs> like, like, there's no way I can resist. Uh, rewind to the cover. Check out the cover, where where the the cover truly reflects. The, the heart and soul of the book. Look at Wallace, look like, you know, he, they're, they're posing, like, for, like, a, a portrait, and Wally's all like, yeah, we're gonna do this, and Wallace is like, uh, I kinda hate this guy right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, no, it's, it's true, they're definitely, they're definitely different, you know, while, like I said, uh, Wally's really good at mechanic, mechanical stuff and whatnot, he's kind of a mechanic by trade, and Wallace is, uh, he's not really big on studies, but Wallace is really big on studies. He enjoys going to school. He enjoys learning. And, you know, they're, they're very diametrically opposed. Like, like I think you talked earlier, either off, on screen or off, you know, Wallace is, or Wally's kind of the cool uncle. Yeah. 
where like oh, I'm trying to get him out of school, and Wallace is like, ah, but I like school. Yeah, but I. So you're not really doing me any favors. You can't tempt me with top secret flash stuff, but <clears throat> my point interrupting you was, I love a good a good cover that reflects a, a hint of what's actually going to happen in the comic. Like in this issue, somebody dies, and then no one dies. <laughs> yeah. And then no one dies. I mean, and like they, they give you like a, a false premiere. I hate that and. And in hindsight, after I finished this book, I stared at the comic, the cover for a while. Uh, obviously, the same artist who's doing uh, pencils, graphites, inks within the the pages, but the painted digital cover just like wow, like it just perfectly reflects about what's going to happen. <coughs> so kudos to them on that one. Anyway, sorry for the interruption. I just didn't want to get too far on the story before we got to some ice cream. Oh, they're good. But yeah, no, they end up in uh, Argentina at this little ice cream joint. And, you know, she, he's like, no, this is not an emergency. And Wally's like, no, man, this place is closing, and it's the best ice cream in the world, man. It's the best helado anywhere. Helado. And then, and then he's even, and then Wallace is even mad because it really is that good. Yep. And he, he's kind of mad about that, too. But yeah, no, they end up, uh, you know, they end up sitting down and, you know, on top of this multi-story building, just eating their ice cream. Missed opportunity. Freaking... Missed opportunity, the flash ice cream headache. <coughs> yeah, no, the brain, uh, yeah, Wallace does get a brain freeze and he's like, yeah, there's some things even being a speedster can't change. Yep. Just it is what it is. You're going to get a brain freeze. But yeah, no, he ended up, uh, and they end up on top of this building, just kind of hanging out. And, you know, they're, and they're just kind of talking about stuff. They're talking about life a little bit. They're talking about being a Flash, you know? But, but in, and, so, yeah. i got to interrupt you one more time, and I apologize. But internet search when the little Argentinian kid's like, hey, it's Flushman. Did you Google what Flushman was? Never got around to it. What was it? Okay, so when Flash was originally being published in Argentina, there was a copyright issue. So they couldn't use Flash. They had to use Flushman. That's what they came up with? That's, that's what they landed on. <laughs> that's, that's what they landed on. And uh, uh, the, the search came up with a, a couple of uh, recent articles from some pretty decent uh, comic book review websites. Uh, luckily they all said, you know, warning, flash, spoilers ahead, but if you want to know what Flushman is, you know, go ahead and click here. Uh, yeah, there's, we've got a problem with, uh, the name and the Flushman, okay. So, it just, it was just a fun little thing here. It just, it really reminded me of how much fun those little Easter eggs are, uh, from the, uh, Dr. Fate issue, like, you, you comic book reader, do this, <laughs> like, like so, within within the pages of the Flash, they tell me to look something up. I'm looking it up. No, I keep forgetting. But yeah, no, it's a fun little flash uh, flash fact actually. But yeah, no, they're talking about it. You know, talking about uh, you know, how uh, Wallace feels like Wally's got uh, kind of a hero worship. You know, talking about kind of his him going from Kid Flash to being the Flash, and talking about how you know. He's like, you know, Barry was... And then Wallace kind of shows him a little bit of a... 
jealousy a little bit because Barry was always there for him. But like, you know, he's lucky if he gets a text on his birthday. You know, and then Wally kind of, Wally kind of explains it. You know, that wasn't you know wasn't always that way. You know, I had to earn it. You know, I wanted. You know, I was a fanboy who got lucky, basically. You know, he take me on patrol long enough to, you know, but then he take me home, and he, he really didn't. You know, he really didn't give me a shot until I snuck out one time and just kept on. I kept on going on patrol by myself afterwards, but it was the coolest thing in the world. You know, I snuck out again and again and again. And then one day I got, you know, freaking, I got caught because of course I did. But instead of being like, you know, Wally, go home, Barry was like, you know, I need you to help me with this. Yeah. And that's when he really, he really earned, you know, his mentor's respect. What do you think, what do you think is the point where Wallace earned Wally's respect? Like there's a lot of, uh, spaces in between here, and minefielders is a, a term we use all the time, so you got to get used to it. Um, the space in between, he didn't flat out tell Wallace what the point of um, whatever Wallace did to earn his respect the way that he is telling him the story of how he earned Barry's respect. Because that that's... He's telling him the story for a specific reason. Do you think it's because of any reason in particular of the characteristics of, of Wallace, or...? Well, I, I don't I don't know so much about Wallace because I'm not I don't read te- uh, Teen Titans so much, so I'm not as familiar with him as I would be with like Barry or Wally. But you know, definitely, I think it really comes down to the fact that you know, Wally's kind of fried. Like he needs help, and you know, it is kind of a you know, pardon the pun, a family business being the Flash. You know, the, they talk constantly about the Flash family. Right. And he and he's like, I need, you know, I need a break every now and again. You know, I got two kids, I got a wife, you know, I got a, I got a real job I got to do sometimes, you know. And it's this, you know, and another thing too is he's, you know, he's basically patrolling the whole planet, as opposed to just his little section of town you know, of the city. Not just Bloodhaven. Yeah. Well, he's actually a central city. Well, I'm just I'm just saying like how Nightwing is centered in Bloodhaven. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, and then they you know, he show he ends up showing Wallace's route. You know, and he's like, This is this is where I go, this is what I do. You know, we see uh, you know Bialia, we see Nanda Parbot, Millennia, Scartaris. You know, some some places I'm pretty I'm relatively familiar with as far as the D C universe, but some of which not so much. Right. You know, but he, uh, you know, and he kind of, he's showing, you know, he's showing how he's wanting to get, uh, you know, help Wallace out, give him a little bit more. You know, but I think he definitely, I think there's a reason he calls him Ace. Because, because I think he, you know, he definitely sees something in Wallace. And he's definitely willing to give him a chance. Yeah, and, and you don't just call someone Ace. Uh, we had a buddy uh, that insisted on calling everyone calling him ace back when I waited tables. And I remember my buddy Josh was like, no, nah, we're going to start calling you the deuce. And he's all, screw you. <laughs> so he was like, like, like his insistence on being ace, ace in the hole, like, you know, like ace is high. It backfired on him. But Wally is giving him like, like, I think he's given him a secret 
like uh like like a compliment a compliment exactly and um i can't repeat what my uncle my cool uncle always calls me on uh i can tell it on dark but um uh it, it's it, it there's it, there's a lot of breadcrumbs here a lot of breadcrumbs mm -hmm. uh for example telling him the story about how uh he never played by the rules he was supposed to you know Barry took him home stay home kid you know this is your training but when he, when Barry found out that he was going out secretly did he get mad at him no like he he showed up when he should have shown up and he wasn't like nowhere in this story where anything where Wally went out and screwed up and Barry had to fix it yeah uh Okay, I'm sure he probably knew that, you know, Wally was going out doing this sort of thing, and as long as he wasn't causing any trouble, it wasn't a problem. But when he showed up in the nick of time when he should have, the way a flash should, that's when that's when they opened up. And the and the parallel here is that Wallace has been playing by the rules. He finished his test before he took off. He just wanted to enjoy it, like get that. I aced the test, but I had to race through it. He mm -hmm. throws the test at uh, at Mr. Arsenal, and he might not, he might be a little peeved that he's leaving when he it's ruining his schedule because people like that like are all about their schedule. But yeah. but while he's telling him the story of how he won the respect of Barry, and at the same time giving him the breadcrumbs. Yeah, sometimes you sometimes you got to break the rules a little bit to get what needs to be done done. Yeah, but 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 Wallace hasn't been breaking the rules. I mean, granted, working with Damien, you're gonna have to break some rules or accidentally or get tricked into it. But now mm -hmm. he's, now he's showing him his route, and um, uh, you you mentioned that we ended up in what is it, uh, Scar Scataris? Yep. Yeah. Well, what did you think about this encounter? It's like a brief. It's a brief part of the page, but yeah, we. I, I think, like, we definitely see some uh, some dinosaurs, which is awesome. This is, this I kind of thought Gorilla City might be what was over the uh, over the hills, but I'm not too sure about that. But they're basically in the center of the earth, so I guess it's not Gorilla City. Or, to you know, but Marvel. it's interesting to think that they've got them in there. Right. He's still training them. Like, hey, you know, look around. He he he's taking off everywhere. And why'd you stop? You know, Kid Flash is going everywhere. And why'd you stop? And like, yeah, you're running as fast as you can, but you don't notice that giant super villain layer over there. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this was great. We see the, uh, you know, the Dome of Doom, the Legion of Doom, their their home base. You know, and, and the swamp as it should be, you know, it's not sw slaughter swamp, but it's still awesome. But, you know, and then we, not only that, we get the whole holy, the holy what? And he's in, you know, while he's like, oh, what's the thing Nightwing always used to say back in the day? We used to, <laughs> we gave him hell for it for years. Oh, I popped. You know, tell me you popped. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, but we see that, you know, it's the Hall of Doom freaking... But the fact that, you know, and, you know, Wally's like, oh, I see these all over the place. And every time they do it, I just go in there and screw with them a little bit. You know, nothing that they're going to notice. But it's always something that, you know, basically, you know, he basically 
destroys it for, you know, using his mechanical background to get, uh, get valuable pieces out of it that nobody's going to notice until it's too late. And then bam, you know, the entire hall of doom is, you know, worthless, basically right. nothing but sleeping quarters. But yeah, no, the whole thing, like I said, I think that's, like I said, the best thing about these books right now, are just the, uh, the interpersonal relationships between characters. And, and you know, you, you can see freaking Wallace's demeanor change over time. Now that he kind of understands what, you know, what's the, why Wally, you know, asked him to help him out. Yeah. And I, I love the, the humanism part of it because there's so many books right now that are post-humanist and integrating, uh, technology and human beings. And, but like, yeah, they, they've got old school superhuman powers, you know, that they, they can run real fast. They're, they're tuned in the speed force, but, but, uh, this is something you and I do, and I don't, and, I don't, and Colin and I do all the time. Like, uh, for example, uh, anytime we go anywhere, uh, him and I, it doesn't matter if we're hungry for, like, let's say we went to a steakhouse because they have the best steaks ever, but then we get there and we see they have fish and chips, we always order the fish and chips. It's it's just, we, we, we're, we're, we're on the hunt for the best fish and chips ever. And, like, they go to Chicago, best pizza ever. Yeah. Yeah, the best ice cream. Like, they, like they, they really layer it thick, like, in terms of, like, human emotion. And I think that's the real big division between Marvel and DC is they... Marvel leaves the emotion out. And, yeah, it'd be cool if you're the Hulk and beat everyone and punch someone in the sun or the century ripping someone in that, like, carnage in half. But, like, where's the human version of that? Like, yeah. can you relate to that? No. No, I totally. I, I can totally see it, you know? If we're going to make sense where... You know, these characters, even with their superpowers, still have, you know, they're still human. Yeah. You know, and we see them, you know, freaking next thing you know, this uh, this bank blows up and out comes Girder. And he's like, you know, got to put him. You know, and they're just like, well, back you now, time to go to work. Send them back to Iron Heights. You know, and the last freaking page is them running towards Girder. And then we see the next issue, Iron Heights. What do you say, this cover of uh, 134? Because this is gorgeous. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I, I love the fact when Gerter comes out, he's got the bags of money with the money with the money symbol on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Old school style. Just, just, totally, kind of, just totally kind of cheesy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but, it, but it works in this scenario. And we've got... Yeah, no, it was a, it was a great issue, man. Like I said, it was a definitely in-between issue. You know, he ends up... One of the funniest parts, too, is when... Uh, you know, Wally just asked Wallace to babysit. Mm. He's like, you know, me, me and Linda need a date night, man. <laughs> you know, as, as a married man, I totally relate to that. That would be a wonderful issue if, if Wallace actually does end up having to babysit and he can't wrangle those kids. Exactly. And he won't. He will not be able to. He, he they will pull, They will get into shenanigans. And at the last page of the issue, they will, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Flash will walk in and everything will be okay. Yeah, they just cleaned up the whole, like, burglary mess. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. Home Alone style, everything's already fixed. Like, we we got 30 seconds before your parents, before the movie ends. <laughs> and, uh, they're down the street. They're down the ah, street. Ah, crap. And uh, a tweener episode, way to plant seeds to germinate for better stories. Uh, yeah. The, the, the Hall of Doom, like, 
It's got to be. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Boogie. It's got to be LexCorp something. Like they they mentioned deep pockets. Yeah. Deep pockets. I mean, like uh, I, I could totally see Lex suit, uh, setting up random HQs just in case, or to monitor things, um, and and the, and develop the the human quality here. Like uh, Wallace has officially graduated. I, I I wouldn't be surprised after after this they stopped calling him Kid Flash. Yeah. You can't. You can only have so many flashes though. They could come up with some kind of cool speedster name for him. Oh yeah. No, uh, and and th- this was my favorite comic of the week, just in terms of writing style, and because those tweener in between issues uh, from one main story to the other are pretty hard to pull off, uh, almost as hard to pull off as the first issue when you have to introduce people and you know set the storyline. But like, we, we got all the, these these seeds that I can't wait for to to pop up um, within the the pages of them just palling out and 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 in between the spaces read between the lines like kid you 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 graduated i don't know how else to tell you like 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 you know there's not there's not a lot of feelings talked about we've talked about the stuff in between but he didn't say like you've graduated i'm proud of you um but he did say things like uh i remember one time you and i were talking about uh um uh, a wrestler uh, neither here nor there about what was important to them, and it was family. Yeah. And um, he probably wasn't not. He probably was 100 percent serious. Like, like, yeah, you, you know my kids. <laughs> like, you you don't just know someone's kids. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. So there was a lot of good stuff there, and uh, and it just made the transition from one big flash story to another. Uh, just make it more that much more meaningful. But the, that's what I got on that one, man. I'm I'm sorry that like, I got on the jazz about this flash one. I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt you. So much. Oh, you're good, dude. All gravy. But yeah, now what do you got? Uh, couple, couple random ones. Uh, cause you and I uh talk about just picking up some random stuff every now and then. I got Scooby Doo. Where are you? Number one fifteen. Uh. Old school style, real thick inks, you know, like old school focusing on how Hanna-Barbera used to do stuff. And uh, it was a funny issue. I laughed my ass off. Nice. Damn it. (laughs) One for me. Eight. Eight. Shazam. Shazam. It was a funny issue, man. And it it wasn't, I got to say, it wasn't as funny and as enjoyable as, um, I mean, I, like I'm, I'm a big time Scooby Doo fan. I've got Scooby Doo Legos, uh, action figures, old comic books that were just I read in a fine. If I see something with Scooby Doo on it, I buy it. I, I, the, 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 the two live action movies are two of my favorite movies of all time. Awesome. So this was a lot of fun, but I gotta say it wasn't as fun as uh, what I think is the ultimate. Awesomeness of Scooby Doo was a pup named Scooby Doo. Oh uh, yeah, uh, a, I didn't. I didn't. I remember watching every episode of that. Uh, a pup named Scooby Doo was just awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I never missed an episode of a pup. The, the the theme song was great. The stupid gimmicks they had, 
that the the fact the bully was named Red Herring and you never actually see him bully anyone. He's just like obviously a redhead stepchild with a vest. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, with the torn like denim vest and and Fred's always talking about how much he doesn't like him and like the Red Herring never actually did anything wrong <laughs> like, <laughs> ever. <laughs> it's kind of true, uh, but um, uh, it's it's like a, a VR alien game they're doing, and it was just it was a lot of fun to read it. Uh, they 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 kind of crossbreed some of the uh, art with like like this older lady that's guiding them through the VR game um, in white hair. She actually looks more like a uh, Archie. Like a, like an Archie uh, older person that's not a teenager. <laughs> like she's got the nose, like like the jughead eyes. And she looks. She should be written for Archie. Yeah. Or drawn for Archie. Drawn completely for Archie. So it was it was a lot of fun, and um, it, it 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 makes me sad because like every now and then you'll uh, uh, you you ever buy any of those digests at the super, at the uh, supermarket line? Like, uh, Oh, years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like my sister and I, like, uh, road trips, uh, our, our standards for road trips were beef jerky, sunflower seeds, and Archie digests, especially Jughead ones. So if you ever see a Scooby-Doo one, uh, pick it up. Cause I think they're out there. Um, awesome. Basketful of heads wrapped up. Uh, Wow, uh, one of the best action refrigerator full of heads, actually. Um, it was an amazing action-packed horror comic book. It, I feel like uh, what they were doing in this book were was what they wish they could have done with the practical effects on Evil Dead 2 and 3, um, where it was time for the payoff, and it wasn't like a couple of pages of the payoff. The whole book was the payoff. Awesome. Yeah, the whole book was the payoff, and unfortunately, the story isn't as dense to go into it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot of Norse mythology, uh, things I'm not familiar with, and I've read a lot of Norse mythology that of these three items. If you get all of them, you're going to basically be Infinity Gauntlet. Um a lot of fun, but the it, the whole issue was an entire big payoff. And um, last but not least, as we transition to the because uh, like the the little ones I read in mind tell, it's not that I'm glancing over them because they weren't important enough. It's just that some of them, the ones that I read that like yeah, we can talk about Flash and give you spoilers because you haven't read them yet. But under no circumstances are we depriving you of anything that would make you enjoy the book less. Like, stop saying spoilers, jerks. No, 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 no. Like, we're, we're, we're pointing out the spaces in between, and hopefully it, it'll help you enjoy the book a little bit better. But some books aren't as dense. Uh, yeah, no, some are, some are just kind of quick. No, some are just like a quick 5-10 minute read. And, and the, the payoff is in the quick 5-10 minutes, and like, wow, that was great. And you think about it for a little while, and you, you cherish it because you found it and took the chance on it. But Image Comics is doing a new anthology called just Image Comics, and uh, there was like six stories in this particular one, and I didn't not like any any single one of them. It was it was worth it was worth every bit. Have fun with what, it. What uh, what stories would they have in there? Uh, like who uh, who was in it? Uh, that's a good that's a good question. Let me pull it up. 
It had a kind of a nondescript cover. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh, we have uh, a nondescript uh, superhero I'm not familiar with reading Youngblood number one on the cover. Let me see if you can see it. I don't know. Kind of like old school Shadowhawk, maybe, but yeah. I don't know if Sha yeah. I don't think Shadowhawk was Image, though. Yeah, uh, Shadowhawk uh, was Darkhawk. Uh, no, no, the, the Shadowhawk's a separate character. I'm not familiar with it then. All right, so we've got uh, Story 1, Part 1 of 12, The Blizzard by Jeff Johns. <laughs> uh, I've heard of him. Yeah, he's kind of. Um, we got Scotty Young and Nick Piacos doing issue, uh, uh, pages 32, Stupid Fresh Mess, part 1 of 12, Hopeless, Mirka Andolfo, Inchera Dia Francia, and Fabio Emilia doing Hopeless, one of three, Red Stitches by Renan Fletcher. Ah! Yeah. Fun fact, Shadowhawk actually was an image, he was originally in Malibu comics, and then was in, uh, debuted in Image Comics... In issue two of Youngblood. Okay, so... So it probably was Shadowhawk. So that is a... I don't think it's Shadowhawk because he's got the Wolverine... He's got a Wolverine uh, rip-off helmet. Or... Mm -hmm. Malibu comics. I think the comic book is covering it, though, I think. But I could be wrong. I, I think I think it might be a, an article, unless I'm, I'm mistaken. And I don't think I am about this. Uh, but uh, when Image Comics uh, started... They were actually under the imprint of Malibu. So if you get, okay. if you open up the the first pages of any of um, the first pages of even Spawn, they mention Malibu being the publisher. Like basically, they were the ones that Malibu was a uh, uh, an indie imprint that had enough money to help them print the books independently under X amount of money before they had enough to go off on their own. And gotcha. Uh, so if you guys ever get confused when you open an issue number one of like Young Blood or Wildcats, you're gonna see a Mild Blue Comics logo on the first page. Um, and to put it in perspective, Malibu Comics is the imprint that published Men in Black. I heard of that. Yeah, uh, I remember uh, George from Muse was talking about how when he, because he was working comic stores pretty much his whole life. Uh, about how Men in Black was a dollar, like, couldn't give it away comic book. Oh, wow. Until the movie came out. Uh, and, and not even on the same perspective of, like, where it's difficult to find, uh, uh, was it something in the days of nights the, the vampire book um they made a movie with josh oh, 30 days of nights yeah, 30, 30 days of night um was the reason why it's hard to find that book is because when the movie was about to be made before uh, production started they bought all as many as the comic books as they could find and there weren't that many um to put it in another perspective it's very hard to find a uh the exact, I can't remember the exact year of uh, Challenger that the Dukes of ha Hazard were driving because they they destroyed like three or four of them on each episode. They were getting to the point where they were flying around major cities with helicopters looking for these cars and knocking on the doors of the owners and buying them. Because oh, there simply weren't enough of them 
that they could fix it and constantly. You remember the Duke's Hazard? They're like they were doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's why that car is so hard to find. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Because they destroyed pretty much all of them. <laughs> And, and and then you give all these like nondescript. We're making an indie comic book movie to a bunch of production people to uh, give them the gist of what it is about. Written by, uh, uh, illustrated by Ben Temple Smith, by the way, who did oh, nice. who did Fell, um, mm -hmm. and uh, Hell Spawn with Brian Michael Bendis. Um, yeah. So um, point of me going that far on this sort of conversation is. Do not ignore a good story. Like, yeah, the, like, the, like it, it says, Image 30th Anniversary Anthology. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's ten different stories uh, within uh, more than 64 pages. But one of these might be one of the best stories ever, and you wish you'd gotten it, and it, was, it might sit in a dollar bin for ten years, and then it's in a movie, but does that really matter? Or... What really, what really matters is the hunt. Yeah, you're not wrong, man. Freaking nuts. So are these, uh, are these new stories? Are they reprints of old new stories. favorites? Or... Okay. New, new stories. Awesome. New stories, gorgeous cover. Don't fall asleep on it. A lot of fun. Can't ruin it for you. And before we get into another one, I got at a... Um, at an estate sale this weekend was uh, Terry Moore's. And I've got a couple issues of this. It was Terry Moore's had a draw, expanded edition. Cost me $5. I think it's like 30 if you buy it. But Terry Moore does Strangers in Paradise. And um, it's how to draw women. It's how to draw perspective within an indie comic perspective without being like Todd McFarlane every crag every detail's got to be there but how to be uh form fitting so let me just show you real quick um, okay. how like what like his point of contention here is now this is uh, a picture uh, he drew a graphite of kachu and katherine uh main characters of strangers in paradise but how to draw them nude and it's it's not pornography. It's just that's just that's just how a woman's body is. It's not Scott. It's not a J. Scott Campbell giant giant boobs and like like. Let me zoom in here. That's a real one. That's a real one. And I I I. Uh, I got a new. Uh, I stopped at Michael's on the on the way. Uh, I had to get something from lunch and run home. But I went to Michael's to buy a uh, special, like, brand new sketchbook for this to drop big and have fun and really get into the meat potatoes of what things should look like. <laughs> and and yeah. from someone I really admire as opposed to all my drawings that I usually do that are like, but things don't look like. I mean, I'm not Rob Liefeld, but, like, you know, I'm the, the one-foot waist with the... 36 triple G's, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm really appreciative of this, and it's all about emotion, and I, I really, even if you are a seasoned artist, I highly suggest just pick it up and, you know, refine your chops. I mean, like, how many times have you, I remember, um, I know the perfect analogy here, when we're talking about chain wrestling. Okay. It's, it's an art. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Don't want to move together, you know, given, you know, knowing when to take over, knowing how to do it, knowing what to go into. Oh, yeah, definitely an art. It's not the big moves. It's it's working the psychology. There's a lot more to it than just, like, if, if you're not schooled, you see, okay, that's just some regular chick. I can see those every day. But those are the people that matter. Um, and if you can't chain wrestle and build the psychology, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting into your territory here. What do you think uh, about what I'm talking about? No, it makes sense, man. It's like, it's, it's, it's the build, you know, you can't, you know, some people, like, like, we've talked about it previously on the show, like, sometimes if you're going to do the far out drawings where stuff is expanded upon, shortened, you know, um, if it's darker, for example, like, it has to be, the story has to reflect the art. Yes, sir. And that, you know, and if you're doing something a little more realistic, you know, that would, um, you know, that is reflected in the, that needs to be reflected in the story. You know, one of the, uh, one of the guys in the last, uh, Suicide Squad comic book was, um, was a character named Jog. And the whole thing was Jog was a speedster, but he could only go in short burst. Oh, I, I, but I he, love it. Yeah, but he was he was pudgy, like he had he had a little bit of stomach, mm-hmm. and that was that was part of what he was. You know, he wasn't he wasn't a fit. He didn't have a fit runner's body, like most speedsters are drawn. Right. You know, but it, but it, he wasn't like, he wasn't like obese by any stretch of the imagination. But he was he was thicker. You know, like I said, he had a little bit of a paunch. Freaking, but it, it worked for what they were doing because that was. You know, pardon the pun, the joke of the situation was that, oh, you know, he, he, he can only go so far. He can only run so far in so much of an amount of time. So let's make him a little bit you know, heftier than your normal speedster. But it made complete sense. Right. You know, the, the characters you draw, the people in, you know, in your world, you know, they should be reflective of the world you're trying to draw. You know, whether it is something real based in realism or something completely over the top or something alien, you know, all that stuff needs to be taken into account, you know, because I mean, you get, you get, you know, Alec, Alex Ross is one of my favorite artists. 100%. Love Alex Ross. Amazing. Actually, but like, actually, actually, but some, you know, some of the stuff to see if I could afford it for your birthday. Ah, like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, he's an amazing artist, but that, that artwork is special. Like it, it needs to be in a certain type of story. Thank you. You know, so, and it, it, otherwise it's, 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 it's wasted almost. If like you see that in a month by month comic book, like it's almost like it's too, like it's, to me, it's like, it, it feels like a. It's like a pay-per-view quality wrestling match every week on free TV. You know, it's it's great to get it, but if you get it all...
night with shock. I'm 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 really sorry. I'm really sorry, but you cut out uh, right your 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 video pause and your recording cause paused right when you said it's it's great when you get it, but if you get it all the time and then you paused. Yeah, but yeah. If you get all the yeah, it's great when you get it, but if you get it every month, it becomes normal. It becomes normalized. Right. It's not a special. And like, oh, this is just my this is just my comic book. You know, if he does one thing, um, if he does one thing a year, and it's like a four-parter, and that art is gorgeous, and he really takes his time with it, it's special. Right. You know, it's like how they pushed, uh, you know, they pushed One Dark Night, Black Label, written by Jock. You know, written and drawn by Jock. And it's it's a big deal, because, oh my god, it's Jock. It's Jock. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Written, produced. you know, and that—that's a you know special thing. Yeah, I, I remember like you know, you you remember how hard I popped when Ed gave me that one Dark Knight poster. I, I'm, I'm putting a John mm-hmm. poster up in my studio. Like that's that's there. They're, they're, the only thing that's remotely impeding on it is a uh, uh, special edition print of uh, Doomsday Clock that's kind of in the corner. It's the only way I could place it could fit it, but it did not. I made sure it did not cover up the jock logo yeah i mean that's especially with us being you know born in the 80s and kind of raised on comic books in the 90s you know the 90s was a huge time for artists correct you know jim lee mcfarlane you know these guys these guys were they were the the books weren't selling necessarily for the stories yeah they were selling for the art right you know and that was that was a big deal back then, you know, and it, I think, you know, it's definitely still a thing, like, I, you know, we all, you know, every now and then we'll go to the comic shop and we'll just, you know, you'll grab something specifically because the cover just kind of, it speaks to you, like you like to say. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's a real thing, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, you got to freaking, you got to give it a shot, and the, the, the art is vital, that's, you know, that's why they're comic books. And, and it's I, the art and the writing. I'm so glad you brought that up because my actual first, uh, I mean, I got comic book shirts when I was a kid. My mom bought them for me when she saw them like at Ross or something like that, like an X-Men uh, shirt or something like that. But the first one I actually bought with my own cash money that I earned mowing lawns was I'd gotten one issue of Strangers in Paradise, uh, who, Terry Moore, who did mm-hmm. the, book, the art book I'm talking about. And I... I had no idea what was going on. There was no previously on, but whatever was in that story, I loved, and the artwork I just couldn't. Uh, I just wanted like my first comic book shirt was actually an all white Strangers in Paradise I Dream of You shirt. Nice, very, very basic print. It just had it. It didn't. It didn't even have Kachu or or, or favorite character Catherine on on the cover. Uh, a sliver of her hair, her eyes, her lips in red and then just strangers in paradise. And I'm like, I had to have it like that was, and I, I remember seeing a Deadpool shirt. I remember seeing a, uh, a spawn shirt, but what I wanted was that one because it meant so much to me because the, the, the artwork was just so beautiful to me. It's special and not overused. And, and, uh, I, I love the comparison you did with Eric, Alex Ross because, um, yeah, we, he could probably pump a bunch like a, a comic book out a month, but, what we do get is him enhancing things, like with all the Immortal Hulk. Every cover was Alex Ross. He didn't do any of the interior work. 
Every cover mm -hmm. was Alex Ross, and that added more gravitas to it. That Alex did the cover. It didn't matter who was doing the artwork inside. I mean, it was always good. Uh, a lot of times it was great. Um, but the fact that you had that stamp of approval of something that's difficult to find, and yeah. he selects things very particularly. Um, I've got to write that down. That's wonderful. Selection. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's you know, like I said, the, the cover is the first thing you see, man. Freaking, that's, that, that's, that's your seller. That's, I, unless you're routinely buying a, a, a specific comic, if you're going to branch out for something new, either you're going to go for the name recognition of something you're familiar with, or the recommendation of a buddy like we talk about so much, or you're going to go for the cover. Right. You know, what looks cool. Or what specialty? And like, I'm, yeah. I'm proud of the fact that I, I, I didn't have every issue. I had one, but it, it justifies my existence in judging comic books. That I found something I had no idea what it was. I looked at it and I was like, "This is mine now." Yeah. And it's it's like what we do when we go on the hunt, man. Like. Uh, we're we're not skanking ourselves out for just any issue. Like every, we're we're looking for things that matter. We're looking for completion. We're looking for making sure that we're buying relics. Yeah. Well, it's actually really funny you mentioned that because like we we totally go for it. We go two different avenues when we go on the hunt. You know, I'm I've got my list. You know, I've got my list in my freaking wallet. That I take wherever I go. If I'm looking at uh, that way, I don't buy copies I've already got because yeah. I've done that a bunch of times. You know, you on the other hand, you're just like, you know, I'm gonna see what you know, see what tickles my fancy today. Yeah, every time. And yeah, you know, I'll, I'll look for something specific. I may venture elsewhere if I see something. But like, you, yet that you know, you're completely opposite. That's you know, you're you're looking for something wicked to blow your mind. And and we always leave satisfied. Yeah, like, like, like you walked out holding the first appearance of strife, and we just randomly got on that that jazz when we were taking that hard right when we first got to Amarillo about the first one, and and you found it, and that was great. I'm like, I was super happy for you. Like, it was something meaningful, it was a relic to you, and I'm still looking around. I have nothing in my hands, and. Like you're checking out, and I just saw a, a, a section I just didn't look at, and I found ultra, mm -hmm. and I found ultra. Yeah, you found every issue, I think, didn't you? I found the whole set, all bound in plastic cellophane, waiting for me. Yeah, yeah. We 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 always walk out satisfied. We're we're we, we're we're on the right vibration for that sort of thing, and I really hope you minefielders can can take that sort of uh, ideal and apply it to your own life because we don't accidentally find things. We Let me phrase that. We accidentally find things when we're actively looking for, for accidents <laughs> and, 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 and specifics. Like, uh, it's... Dude, I was so happy for you when you found your first drive. That meant so much to you. Yeah. Um, I was kind of... It was nice to freaking get it done. Freaking, uh... New Mutants eighty seven, I believe. Yeah, we we high we high five like a mother when we realized you got the first appearance of Lalandra. Yeah. We just celebrate, just time to celebrate, and uh, 
We got one more. We got one more book left, man. Uh, we got the night, man. Uh, unfortunately, I slept on this one uh, uh, this week, but uh, help me out here because it's always been juicy. Yeah, no, we got a. You know, we spent the whole first three issues basically in France with Henry Ducard and um, I forget the the lady's name he was with that was helping him, Cat Burrell. But yeah, no, we uh. Find him. We find young Bruce in North Korea now, and he's climbing climbing a mountain, trying to get to this uh, this temple. And there's one lone guy trying try, uh, in his way, basically. And Bruce is like, "Fine, you know, if this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen." And he tries to swing on this guy. And the guy just easily blocks him, kicks him, and then just leaves him out in the snow. And then the next day, they do the same thing. And the day after that. And Bruce just, you know, Bruce, to his credit, keeps fighting. And then eventually they let him pass. Nice. They let, let him into the temple. And he's... Uh, and inside is Master Karagi, and he's here to learn to fight. And he's like, you know, I'll train you. You know, I'll give you a place to stay, food to eat. But you have to put the work in. So this was like a, this was like a Fight Club thing. This is or Doctor Strange thing. Like you know, like you. you, you... Like in, in Fight Club, you had to sit outside the, the house while constantly being berated. Like, you're never going to get in, fatty. You're too freaking old. <laughs> Your boobs are too big. Uh, like, it, like you know, uh, discouraging them. And then what, what was it that uh, Dr. Stranger was trying to He was in the... Um, Krishna... No, that's not... I'm looking it up. Like, what was... And it, it, I'm talking about from the movie... Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember myself. It's been forever since I've seen it. Krishna, but yeah, no, no but nonetheless, it's here. Yeah, he has to put in the work, and he's trying to carry these uh, four. He's got the the wood across his back, and he's trying to carry uh, some water in, basically, and he's trying not to drop any. And he meets this guy, and he introduces himself as Jack. Because apparently uh, Ducard told him, no matter what, never reveal your real name. And he's like, you know, what are you, and this guy is like, what are you here for? And Bruce is just like, the work. <laughs> and the guy just looks at him, he's like, huh, you're a quick learner. That's good. But he, but he immediately picks up that his accent's from Gotham. Oh, gnarly. <laughs> Gotham has an accent. It's like, so- Yeah, apparently Gotham has an accent. So you're not just going down to the deli to get some uh, to, to get some uh, Kushnas and and uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty I, much. I want to know this Gotham accent, man. This what the accent is. Yeah. I'm kind of curious, actually, now that you mention it. But yeah, no, and this this other guy who we don't know who he is as of yet is just uh, he's just he, he just wants to learn. You know, he's the same thing. You know, they took pity on him because he was a he was a brawler in Singapore, and he just wants to be a better fighter than everybody else. But he tells him, you know, you can talk freely, 
you know, our uh, the master isn't running a monastery monastery here. Yeah. This isn't about enlightenment. This is about learning to fight. And you know, Bruce is obviously still uh, keeping his you know keeping his secrets close because you know he doesn't know if this is this every part of this could be another test. And he's just not sure. But his, uh, his buddy introduces himself eventually as Anton. Interesting. And, yeah, they end up, both get, both guys work, they work off each other, and they become the two best students of Master Kurogi. Kurogi. But then uh, several other students arrive, and they don't have to pass the test outside. They walk right in. Interesting. Yeah, and then uh, he put in, they put Jack in there. They put Bruce in there with one of the uh, one of the fighters, one of the new guys, and he just he doesn't he doesn't beat the crap out of him, but he he definitely isn't playing by the rules, which is funny with it basically being a fight club, right? But uh. Master Kurogi eventually tells him to go to his quarters that uh, he needs to learn to control himself. And we basically, we eventually find out that on top of training his students the way he wants to train, he is also training assassins that are sent to him by a benefactor. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. And the, the benefactor is who allows him to run his school in the first place. And the one rule is that he gets to, you know, he has to train these assassins for him. And once they leave, they, uh, you know, he, he basically washes his hands of them. But next thing you know, they're learning about the, uh, the lethal vibrating palm technique. And the two friends, Jack and Anton, are talking over this whole thing. And, you know, Bruce confides about Ducard to him and tells him about the, uh, the list of mentors. Because apparently Ducard, Ducard knows everybody everywhere. So he gives him a list of people to train under, including, like, you know, Master Kurogi. And Anton's like, well, let's do this together then. And he's like, and Bruce is just like, I can't, you know, this isn't, this isn't something, I'm not doing this, I'm not bringing a friend. You know, this is something I've got to do by myself. And he he ends up leaving. He ends up leaving the, mon the, the monastery. And as he's leaving, the assassins come after him, all five of them. You know, and he's trying to fight them off himself. And they end up overpowering him. And they're like, you know, we gotta learn we gotta try this palm technique out on somebody. And just then Anton comes in and saves the day and they end up, you know, fighting off these five would-be assassins by themselves. Cause they don't you know, these guys are so good and they've trained extensively together, so they're basically they know how to move in sync. And they just kind of get back to back and fight each other to fight off these five assassins. And, you know, 
And in town, just the first words that are said are, you know, I guess you're not coming back, are you? Hmm. And he looks at he looks at Jack, you know, Bruce, and he's just like, you know, I'm sorry, man, you're stuck with me. And as he, you know, picks up Bruce out of the snow, he's just Bruce is just like, you know, I think I'm okay with that. That's that's yeah. super engaging, man. Like 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 we've never really gotten that much meat and potatoes when it comes to Bruce's training, especially when he had to suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've heard we've heard about people before, but we've never you know gotten the thing. We've never seen it. You know, we've never seen where he came out of. At least that I'm familiar with. You know, but yeah, they end up walking off in the snow together. And they're just like, you know, we have to, you know, we got to move quickly. The world won't wait for us. And that's where the issue comes to an end. These two, you know, friends would be, uh, would be vigilantes, I suppose, you know. Way to introduce Traveling. it. Way to introduce hmm? it. Way to introduce it. Way to show something we've never seen before. Way to switch gears. Um, because like uh, a lot of things we read are, are, are so um, regimented when it comes to Batman, um, but like every issue has been a different lesson. Yeah, so we're definitely getting some. Uh, we're getting. They're definitely get, they're getting into it. You know, now that we're seeing, you know, he's left front. Yeah, pardon me. He left France. He's, you know, he learned how to be secretive and silent. And he learned a little bit about protecting people from Ducard. You know, now he's learning to fight. So I'm real. I'm interested to see what's going to happen next. Because if, you know, I, I want to know who else is on this list. You know, there are a couple people I'm definitely. I definitely think I'll end up being on it. I think uh, Zatara Zatanna will be on it. I think Rachel Ghoul will be on it. Man, we haven't got a good Zatanna in a long time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I figured it's because I know uh, if I remember correctly in the in the the animated series of Batman, the reason Batman and Zatanna grew up was that uh, they grew up together was because uh, Batman for a while trained underneath her father before he passed. Correct. Correct. So oh, I'm really hoping they get in, they dig into that a little bit. She was like kid's sister. Mm-hmm. And that the thing about this, the Anton, as it were, was obviously, you know, with freaking uh, recent issues, I'm thinking it's Ghostmaker. I'm 100% thinking Ghostmaker. I'm you know, the thing about it is, though, the thing about it is, though, is if freaking, are we going to see the split before... It's over. Like, like they're buddies, and then like, and then one of the like, you think it's gonna go the way like Storm Shadow versus Snake Eyes? Oh, it could totally do that. I, I think it. I wouldn't mind that at all. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously it's already happened because the fact that Ghostmaker helped out so much during Fear State shows he's got faith in Bruce. Mm-hmm. He he wants to one up him as much as he can. I mean, he's. Basically, like the richer guy that has better technology in some way, but still helped out during Fear State. And I was completely perplexed by the fact that there was no swerve that Ghostmaker, like, haha, I was, 
I, I was waiting for this to happen the whole time, and now that Scarecrow's down, and and no, no, like that didn't happen. He he stayed on. Mm-hmm. He stayed on. And by the way, just a quick side note: uh, the Ghostmaker McFarland figure looks gnarly. I can't wait to own it. Nice. <laughs> like like that's one I'm gonna buy two of. One to open, and one to keep safe. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. I mean Bruce trusts him enough to let him. You know, help out with the clown hunter. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be... It's super interesting to see what they're going to do with it. And it's definitely going to be super interesting to see what happens when he gets back into Gotham. And when he finds... When he reunites with Alfred. Because Alfred's just kind of letting him do this. You know, maybe not letting him, but... If Alfred really wanted to find him, he would. Especially after the uh, the scene in the car in issue one, like I, I let your parents down, like screw you. I mean, like like that was a breakdown. That was that was heavy. Yeah. Like, uh, you you are you familiar with uh, a documentary called The Devil's Playground? I am not. Uh, it came out in the mid '90s, and it was focusing on a. Uh, okay, so it was focusing on the Amish. Uh, the Amish community within, like, Pennsylvania. Okay. And, uh, so, like, the Amish have, like, a 99% return rate on this thing. So what they do is they basically indoctrinate their children that the outside world, technology, drugs, TV, movies, is all going to poison your mind. Okay. Now, the gimmick is that, and it's a gimmick, is that you are allowed to leave at a certain age and go do whatever the hell you want to. All right. It was videotape of been like of these kids actually smoking crack, playing video games, staying up all night, going way too far after a life of being deprived of the outside world. So of course they're going to go crazy. Of course yeah. they're going to get into trouble. Like ninety eight, ninety nine percent return rate. Really? If you leave and don't come back and stay in the devil's playground, you can't come back. But if you do come back, you can never leave. So, mm. so if you left as a sixteen year old, you're smoking crack, you're uh, shooting up, you're overindulging on things that you never knew really could be that pleasurable you're gonna go overboard it's gonna scare the heck out of you and um of course you're wanting to come back because you're gonna go back to your knife safe space yeah and uh my parallel here is yeah alfred could find him at any time but if he restricted him how would that have hindered him like he would have been that petulant child yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah, he would have been the petulant child. So what? What a great way to like accentuate Bruce's journey to become the Bat, the Dark Knight, whatever you want to call him. I mean, there's so many different phrases, and they all mean different things. Especially after the Dark Knight, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the movie. Um, I love it, man. Uh, I can't wait to read it myself, man. And 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 like I said earlier, just because you know we 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 talked about what happened doesn't mean that it's going to deprive me of any of that. Luckily, we've never gotten any, like, feedback that we ruined a story. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, that, that that's all I got for this for this month, man. The other the only other thing uh, this week, the only thing I have uh, left over is um, your. We talked about it off camera. Was you're absolutely right about what happened uh, with Samojo last week? Uh, did you see the announcement today? Oh yeah, the uh, the Forbidden Door Super Show. Love you. We got New Japan and. Uh... AEW. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens, man. Freaking... Because, I mean, they've been... They've been utilizing New Japan guys for the last year or so. So if they're going to do it, they have to go big. Got to go big. The only thing that... Like, I'm, assu- I'm assuming we get the Tanahashi-Moxley match. Please, God. Uh, freaking... Maybe maybe Daniel Bryan versus or Brian Danielson versus uh, Okada possibly. That's gonna be when Kenny comes back. That's Are we gonna be. see we see reuniting of the Golden Lovers possibly? Who knows? All right, don't do that to me, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. For you, like, if you're gonna do this, because <laughs> they tur- they turned around and they announced freaking uh, Ishii's coming. Yeah, Ishii. Ch- him and Adam Cole. In the freaking uh, in the Owen Hart, yeah, Owen Hart uh, Foundation ter- tournament. Like you said, Golden I'm like you can't just you can't just throw that out there. No, you can't. And when you said Golden Lovers, I almost like hit pause, ran out the room, put my Golden Lovers shirt on because I love them so much. Yeah, but I'm just saying, man. If like if you're gonna do this, you gotta go hard. Like you can't give me freaking. Uh, like we were talking about Alex Ross earlier, you can't just give me a New Japan guys on Dynamite leading up to this, and then be like, "Oh, but we're doing a Super Show." Yeah, you already gave me the Super Show. Oh, like if you're, if you're gonna do this, you gotta freaking go you big. Can, yeah, you have to go huge. Like you gotta be all the top players. You know, freaking out. Uh, you know, we know Kushida got released today. Oh uh, yeah, I saw that the, the Back to the Future guy. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I loved him when he was in New Japan. I was glad that he made his way, you know, across the pond. But like, you know, we never know what he's gonna do. But like, you're right. But like, the the even just what you're saying, if even if it was a Golden Lovers reunion, um, this can be bigger than Wrestle Kingdom. Not because one company is bigger than the other. But it kind of is in some sort of sense, though, because. But at the, at the same time, the thing, not, about it, the thing about it, the reason I wouldn't agree with you though is the tradition of Wrestle Kingdom. Agreed. Like Wrestle Kingdom, that that's like saying a show is going to be bigger than WrestleMania in the states. It's not. Like oh, that's no. just that's just not plausible. No, no, it's like not. it's not. This, this could be the equivalent of All In Two. I will give you that. I can see that. You know, but freaking, I mean, it's it's just got to, it's got to be interesting. It's got to be done right. It's, like, it's got to be, like, freaking, you know, the Ring of Honor return show, Super Card of Honor, was done, perf- like, maybe not perfectly, but it was amazing to be in, it was amazing to be in that crowd. You know, we got good wrestling, we got to see people we don't normally see, we got to see some debuts, returns. We got to see a legit match of the year contender with the Briscoes versus freaking FTR. Like that—that's what you need. Like, and it depends on where you're going to go with it. it. Is it a one-off? You know, are there are there going to be are there going to be ramifications? Ram, you know, ramifications coming from this. 
like does, does it lead does it lead to something more well I, yeah, that, that's the thing I gotta say I was disappointed that they didn't integrate Ring of Honor and Impact on this because there's still ties to that if they're gonna do a forbidden door show all the doors need to be open the other thing that, that bothered- the thing the thing too though is you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen agree like if if you've got all these people, because I'm, I'm sorry, people could talk about Kenny Omega being the greatest AEW champion of all time, but the whole thing with him being the bell collector wasn't what it could have been. It fell flat. It fell flat. Uh, I, I got more joy of Dalton Castle coming out. <laughs> yeah, than, than with the did. with the original voice. Yes, then I did. Then I did. Then Kenny for months being the bell collector. I mean, it was fun. But when Dalton Castle came back out, it was like, yes, <laughs> original boys. It was it was everything it should have been, and and I, I get the too many cooks in the kitchen, a hundred percent. But like, if it's a forbidden show, door show, there's got to be a lot of collaboration. You can't uh, and mm-hmm. you can't leave the big names out. Impact, Ring of Honor, um, uh, to less. Well, like I said, the thing the thing with Ring of Honor too, though, is we're still you're reestablishing everything. Yeah. Like with with Ring Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor hasn't found its new identity yet. Like we've got a couple of key players in Jonathan Gresham, Jay Lethal, and Samoa Joe. Yes, but like they haven't. Like we don't know who is going to be the rest of that roster. We don't know if people are are people going to be floating in between brands with AEW and Ring of Honor on a consistent basis. Are certain guys able to do it? Is it going to be a straight delineation where there's a a set Ring of Honor roster and a set AEW roster? Yeah, we we have we have, we don't know yet. Like, and those things have to like you've got to grow Ring of Honor all over again, like from the from the ground up. It needs a TV deal. It needs management. It needs a a, a roster of its own. I'm hoping they they go the HBO Max route where it's it, it's not just something that's a ten dollar something that you can let it lapse for a bit. Just keep hyping it up and make it worth every penny. Um, but that's all I got for this week, man. Uh, the jazz has been fruit, man. Like like uh, tonight has been an awesome episode, man. It's been. Uh, uh, tonight hasn't been meat and potatoes. It's been going to New Orleans, getting some jambalaya and some etouffee on the side, and that's what we do here at Minefields, man. Yeah, man, it's good, man. Tricking you know, always enjoy it. And looking forward to seeing what's going to come up next. You know, hopefully with the debut of Dark soon. Yeah, we got dark, we got Dark coming up. Gotta get, gotta get those t-shirts. Yeah, we gotta get the t-shirts. So boy, the friendly. Well, we gotta get the first one out first, but then of course. Um, there we go. Uh, Cody and I are—I've uh, digested enough anime of what he had on the list to do our uh, monthly anime manga show. Um, we've got New Era coming up. Yeah, May the fourteenth be with you. May fourteenth. Uh, May fourteenth, and I got a great idea. I, I, I can't say on on uh, on recording for this one because I don't want anyone stealing it from us. But uh, I think it's my turn. Sweet, sounds like a plan. Yeah, guys, this is uh, Minefields. This transmission is over. And this is dangerous. It's what we do. Abuela Fred. Buy the hats. Just buy the hats. Especially the new ones. <laughs> <laughs>